Holy Spirit, we position ourselves to receive the word that's being delivered, that's being brought forth this morning. If there's anything in us that would hinder your word from being able to have influence in our lives, I pray that that, whatever it may be, be dismantled this morning. That our hearts are completely yielded to you, that our minds are yielded to you. And this morning, Lord, we surrender all that we are to you to receive your word because it is your word that brings transforming power to a new level. It is your word that enables us to have the ability to have the understanding of how to operate at the highest level possible. And that is what we are pursuing this morning is to operate at a higher level to have more of your spirit manifesting in this place. So I ask you this morning, Lord Jesus, our King, our Savior, to open our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive this word with boldness, to receive this word with clarity, and to receive this word with the ability to perform what we hear this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Everyone said, let's do a high level recap real quick. In week one, we talked about clutter. It is easy to get your mind full of clutter. And what we really kind of delve, dive, jumped into was Adam and Eve talked to the serpent in the garden. It was when the serpent was able to clutter their mind with falsivities was the start of the end of the beginning. Satan knew if he could get the words that God spoke to Adam and Eve and twist those words around, it would cause these two people to think outside of the spiritual realm and into the physical realm. And at this point, be operating outside of how they were created to operate. The spiritual realm was the lifestyle, the mindset, the operation, the daily function that we were intended to live in was the spirit realm. When Satan began to influence Adam and Eve, he didn't offer them great things. He instead, he shifted the way they thought. He twisted the words of God and said, Once he was able to shift that thought away, he knew he could deceive them into doing something that would ultimately kill their spirit. Hence the reason why we started this series, Renew My Mind. The mind of the believer is to be renewed to a place where the spiritual realm and the physical realm do not coexist. Let's look on the screen. I don't have handouts today. Just I like changing it up. I don't like you guys thinking I'm the same every Sunday. So I've got all the verses on the screens. So let's look at this first verse in Galatians 5.25. And I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Normally Adrienne's here and she's reading. But since she's not here, I want you all to read it. All right? I'm going to say, ready, read. And then you guys read it all together. Does that work? Galatians 5.25, ready, read. Good job for the first time out. Sounds good. Meaning, let 
our life in practice in who we are correspond to the ideal inner principle of the spiritual life, which is being led by the Spirit and standing in faith severed from anything outside of spiritual truth. In short, whatever the word says is the authority. In week two, that was a pretty good week. You guys here for week one? Yeah, good, okay. In week two, last week, we looked at the practical side of how we renew our minds. We first of all looked at why we need to renew our minds. If you weren't here, go back and watch it on our website. I'm not gonna talk about that this morning. But then we looked at the three reasons how we renew our mind. And that is, number one, I think this is up there. We, re, we is it up there? It's not up there. Yes, it is. We feed our mind the truth. Oh, there it is. Feed our minds with the truth. Read God's word. The second thing we do to renew our minds, we free our mind of clutter. We speaking, that, that is speaking God's word. And the third thing we do to renew our mind, we focus our mind on Jesus. And we do that by meditating on God's word. Very practical. For those of you like step-by-step guide, last week was your week. Very, very practical. We read the word. We speak the word. We meditate on the word. Back, oh man, uh, 20 years ago, Um, at our church, we had a small group in the summer, and one of those groups that we were hosting was just a let's get together and read the Bible small group. We would get together and just go through three or four or five verses, and then that was, that was the group. And I remember the first night, there was a gentleman by the name of Brian. Uh, he was one of our He was on the leadership team of the church, and whenever he came to the group, I asked him, I said, why did you come to this group? He said, well, I really would rather be in the bowling group, because that was another one of the groups we had going on, and he said, but whenever I heard this announcement, um, I realized that it had been six months since I had picked up my Bible and read it for myself. So I thought, maybe, just maybe, I should be in the group that is reading the Bible, to have some accountability. And we hear that and think, oh my goodness, how can anyone go that long without reading your Bible? But the truth is, it happens all the time. The difference is between then and now, we have our phones that send us alerts. We have at noon every day, I get a verse of the day, and I re- you, you get all these things. But the question I want to kind of propose to you on that same way of thinking was, when's the last time you got into your Bible and you just stayed there for a while. So many times we get in the Bible, we read our chapter, we read our five verses, we read our two verses, say, I read my Bible, check that one off the list, but when's the last time you really got in the word and said, God, I want this word to transform me. I want this word to change me. I want to take what your word says and make it my own. I would be willing to bet if we were going to be honest with each other, which we're not going to be this morning, it's been a while. I'm not calling you out saying you're a heathen. You're in the right place. What I'm saying is it's time we get in the word. And today I want to show you 
why and how and all that good stuff. And, and let, me, let me add this without sounding too cruel. Um, we can tell by what you say, by how you act, by what you do, by where you go, by your demeanor. We can tell if you've been in the word or not. So if you tell me I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a woman in the word, I spend 10 hours a day in the word, and your actions respond accordingly, are you letting the word transform you? Our minds every day are being bombarded by twisted worldly interactions and every single day, all day long, those interactions have one objective from the enemy and that's to twist your mind into thinking something is acceptable outside of the word of God. Proverbs 4.23 on the screen. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Let's do it again. Ready? Read. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your what is shaped? When you look at your life, how is it shaped? Is it obvious that your mind is renewed on the word or is it obvious that your mind is not renewed on your We are going to stay in this series for a few weeks because I believe this becomes a foundational moment for this church and for our lives is changing the way we think. Operating at a higher level comes at thinking at a higher level. It becomes doing a higher level. You can't think where you're at and get to where you wanna go. You gotta think higher thoughts to get to where God's called us to go. So we've got to have a mindset renewal, kinda of like a, a reset with our minds and how we think. And we're going to hit this um, concept from several different angles, but it's all going to have the same bottom line, underlying flow of renew my mind. But today we're going to look at one word, and that word is hungry. Are you hungry? Do any of you like to cook? Yeah. Um, how many of you say that you're a good cook? Yeah, yeah. Um, how many would say that if we ask your family members, they would say you're a good cook? Yeah, a little, a little fewer hands. All right, all right, all right. Uh, when Adrienne and I were dating, uh, we would go to Dalhart, Texas, and stay with her parents. That is where they lived. And her mom and her grandma, um, they are cooks like they get up like at 4 a.m. and and knead the dough and everything is from scratch and they they just they just love to cook and I've got to be careful what I say because my mom is in the room but our house was a little different um, my mom's version of of cooking from scratch was you know those frozen biscuits you get two of them and you stick them in one cupcake pan and you stick them in the oven and whenever they cook, they form together. Have you ever seen those? No, I was the only one raised up on those? Okay, that's scratch cooking in our house. Taking things out of the freezer, putting them in the same thing and then in the oven, they become one. That's scratch cooking, isn't it, Mom? 
It's good, good, good biscuits, good, good biscuits. Um, but cooking from scratch in Adrienne's home was a little different. She grew up where uh, food had a little bit higher priority than it did in our house. Uh, we were married, and we had just been married a short time, and Adrienne thought that everyone loved to eat like their family did, and so whenever she would cook, because she had a larger family than we did, she cooked for 10 people, and it was like two of us. And finally, one day, I'm like, you are wasting so much money. Like, I can't afford to be married to you when you cook like this. And I had a full-time job with my dad. He didn't pay well, but I had a full-time job. And I said, you've got to change what we're doing. And being the submissive wife and me being the demanding husband that I am, Fast forward a few years, Adrienne and my mom began to become cohorts in the kitchen. Mom rubbed off on her. Cooking from scratch changed. Fast forward a few more years, Adrienne forgot how to cook. <laughs> Great cooks didn't run in my family, but ours was more on the side of we didn't have the time to cook. Mom had other things going on, so we didn't value a a cooked from scratch home meal every day. I'll give her the I'll give her credit. There was certain days of the year that we had those on Easter and Christmas. No, I'm just kidding. We 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 did have those, but it was not valued in our home for us to put enough effort or for mom to put enough effort with it that we would give her the appreciation that she deserved by spending all day in the kitchen. Again, it was not something that we valued. So, Adrienne has been uh, rubbed, rubbed, uh, rubbed on by mom, and she wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm going to cook today. I'm at the church working. I have no idea. She's at home. Um, she calls her mom and gets all these recipes and all these things. She has to go to the store and get every single ingredient because obviously we don't have any of them because we don't cook at home anymore. And she spends all day cooking at home. She is making the biscuits from scratch, making all the sides. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember she made a lot of food all from scratch. She got the steak and she like slow cooked, however she does those things. And I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, this part of it, because I got home from work and I could smell the house. I'm like, wow, it smells good in here. And she's like, and I looked at her and there was flour on her face and you could, you could tell that she had been in the kitchen all day long. And I was like, wow, okay. And so I went up, took a shower, came down for dinner. I ate and, and I said, that's good. Thank you. And I left. I went back up to the church for a meeting. I thought I did good. I said, thank you. I said that was good. When I got home from our small group meeting, Adrian's sitting on the couch, and it, you know the looks. If looks could kill, I said, what's wrong? And she looked at me, and she's like, I spent all day cooking the dinner for you, the love of my life, who I don't love right now, and I want to tell you I loved you so much by cooking all this for you, and you didn't even show me that you cared. I said, I said, thank you. She's like, that's not enough. I need to be told multiple times on every bite, mmm, this is good, mmm, that looks good. I wish I had more of that. I need to be told these things. And I learned that day 
something very valuable. What you value gets your attention. If you don't value something, you will not give attention to that thing. I did not value home-cooked meals, not because my mom couldn't do it. It was because we had other values. We had other priorities, not lessening that value. You go into her mom's house, there are tons of great cooks. Whenever I'm there, I enjoy it now. But I did not value the time, the effort, the energy, all that went into it. And because I did not value it, as a husband, I royally messed up. What I didn't show her, that she was a great cook, that the table looked great, that the food was great. My response to the level of work that she put in was inadequate. The level of hunger you have for something will determine the response you give to that which you are hungry for. In Adrienne's home, food was valued. They didn't eat to survive. They ate because they enjoyed flavor. They enjoyed good food. That wasn't my house growing up. Not to say we didn't have it, did we, Mom? I'm not saying that. But it wasn't the value that we put on our life. When I did not put proper value on what she did in the kitchen, it affected my response and without getting into a marriage class, I will tell you, it did not help our marriage <laughs> when I didn't respond the, pro the appropriate way. What you value, you give greater attention to. What you value, the more attention that you give it, the more hunger you will have for it. What you value, the more attention that you give what you value, the greater the hunger on the inside of you will have a desire to meet that value. If I was a foodie and loved good food, I would put a higher value on it. Therefore, I would be hungry to go out to have a finer dining experience. If I told you all there was a quarter, I don't have a quarter, a quarter up here on the ground, how many of you would get up here and get it? Probably not very many, a couple. Levi, cheapskate, he'd jump up here first, take out three of you on the way. That's a quarter, man. That's a ball marker for golf. There you go. But if I put a $100 bill on the floor, I'm willing to bet we'd get a few more of you. If I put... $10,000 in cash on the floor and said the first one who gets here gets it, there would be a stampede. The greater the value, the greater the ability, is what I'm gonna say, but the greater desire you will have for it, the greater ability you have to go after it. You will create in you a greater hunger for the higher value items. Does that make sense? Are you following me a little bit? The greater value something has, the greater level of hunger you will have to partake of that value. So what we need to value 
is a mind that has been renewed. I want to remind you of something. If you don't already know this, your mind is the most valuable asset that you have. It is the one thing that Satan knows. If I can get them at their mind, it affects everything else. Satan didn't promise Adam and Eve the world. He didn't promise them fame and fortune. All he did was twisted their mind and everything else came in destruction. If your mind can be twisted, it will shape your life. I think we just read that somewhere. On the screen in Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, read that for me, ready, read. So if you want peace, what do you have to do? Oh, okay. Second Corinthians 10, five, ready, read. How many of you argue for no reason? <laughs> I've been married 15 years. And there's times I start arguments just for fun. There's times I know I'm wrong and I still keep arguing. Yeah? Why are you arguing with the word? Why are you arguing with what the word says? The word says you walk in health. Why are you saying something that con that's contrary to that? You are arguing with the word. If you are arguing with the word, you have to take captive those thoughts. 1 Peter 5, 8, ready, read. Be sober-minded. If your mind is not sober, it gives way for the devil to devour you. Do you know what sober means? To be in control of your thoughts. To be in control. If you are at a place where you are not in control of your thoughts, you are not sober-minded. Do you have complete control of the thoughts that you have? So now... Just because of that one verse, we're all in this together. The word mind or verses relating to mind is mentioned 92 times in the Bible. I believe that God has something to say about your mind and that it's important. When you are living with a renewed mind, it changes what you are hungry for. The level of hunger of which you will have will determine the course of action you take. If my mind is renewed on the right things, I will begin to hunger the right things. If my mind is, is renewed on the wrong things, I will begin to hunger the wrong things. What I am putting in me determines my level of hunger for what I value. Because I lacked hunger for a better than good meal when Adrienne was cooking, my response was based on the value of what I put on what was being offered to me. Not what she did, but what I did. You guys read into that stuff? God gave you the word. It's not based on what God did. It's based on the value that you give to the word. Do I have to say that every time, or does that make sense when I give those analogies? Okay, 
All right, I'm going to say it every time then. If you are learning a new hobby, what do you go do? You buy magazines. If you're like me, every time I get an idea, I go on magazines.com and order subscription to whatever that idea is. I've got plain magazines coming to my house. I've got woodworking magazines coming to my house. I've got carving magazines coming to my house. I've got motorcycle magazines coming. I've got golf magazines coming to my house, and I don't do any of them. But at some point, that hobby was a good idea. And so I went and got magazines so that way every month I'm reminded, oh, this is, I like this. I like, it comes to me every, I like golf. I, oh, I need to go play golf. I need to call the guy. Let's go play golf. I get these magazines coming in and these magazines remind me of what my passion is about. I go and get around the right kind of people. If you go out and hang out with people, Derek's going to Europe when? Next week? Two weeks? He loves race cars. He's going to go to Europe and watch your car go around the track. That's the most boring thing in the world to me. But if I started hanging around Derek and he started talking to me about it and I went and bought myself a race car, what would I do? I would start going to Europe with him and go look at the race cars. The people that I associate myself with will be a determining factor in what I hunger. So I am going to attend a church of people that have an association with a hunger that's taking them to a place that no one else can or will. I am going to put myself around the environments that I value the presence of God more than I value an atmosphere that is void of God's presence because I'm hunger for the greater anointing of God that wants to fall upon this place. My level of hunger determines my level of effort I will put into what I am hungry for. So I need to develop a hunger to have the mind of Christ. Sorry, I keep going like this. My tooth chipped off yesterday and it hurts. It's, it doesn't pain, but my lip keeps getting caught on it. So I keep, I keep doing, sorry, that's what I'm doing. I'm not having Tourette's. So I need to develop a hunger to have the mind of Christ in me. And in order to have the mind of Christ, I must renew my thinking. I must renew my mind. I must renew everything about me if I'm going to have the mind of Christ on the inside of me. So the question becomes, am I hungry to think like God wants me to think? If I'm hungry for it, how hungry am I? What am I willing to say? What am I willing to do? Where am I willing to go? Do I put a little value on it? Do I put a lot of value on it? The God kind of thoughts need to take root on the inside of us and take captive. We, we have got to learn to take the thoughts of God captive just like we take the bad thoughts captive. God, your word says this. I'm holding on to what your word says no matter what anything else around me looks like. I take captive the thoughts of God because his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. When you live within the confines of renewed mind, you have confined your personal thoughts so that they can't come loose out of you. But also, when your mind is renewed, the thoughts that you think are no longer your thoughts. They're the thoughts of the word. They're the thoughts of Jesus, the thoughts of God. And when you have those type of thoughts, those thoughts can take root in you. And once those thoughts become your lifestyle, your mind is renewed. How do you know if your mind's renewed? It's a lifestyle. If you don't have a lifestyle of it, your mind still needs renewed. So guess what? Today, all of us in here, we need our minds renewed. I heard a leadership guru, John Maxwell. Anybody ever heard of him? 
leadership guy, he said um, back several years ago, he had a heart attack. He went to the doctor and the doctor said, you've got to cut out all this food, all this, cut out. Like, if you keep eating this, you're, you're not going to survive. And that day, immediately, he cut it out. Two years later, he went back to the doctor for a checkup. The doctor said, John, you've been doing great. You're healthy as a horse. Um, in fact, that list that you have, you can just throw that in the trash. Like, you're, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. John said, the worst thing that doctor ever told me was to throw that list in the trash. He said, before, I'm paraphrasing to put in my words, but he said, before I hungered and valued my life, and I knew if I ate that stuff, my life was in the, in, in the balance here. Once the doctor gave me the okay that I can go back and eat what I want, he said, that afternoon I snuck a little Debbie snack. The next day I, stuck, I snuck two or three. He said, within two or three weeks, I was making up for two years of lost time. And all of a sudden, I began to gain more weight. My body began to have issues again. Why? All because of what the doctor told me was acceptable and what was not acceptable, I changed what I valued. I valued before my life. Once the doctor gave me the clear, I valued my little Debbie snacks. And once I valued something that was not right in me, it began to cause issues with inside of me. Does that make sense? Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher, my thoughts are higher. When you live with a renewed mind, you take on a higher perspective of the things you say, the decisions you make, the actions that you take. And I personally believe we would all benefit from having the mind of Christ over our carnal thinking at times. My hunger was determined by what I fed myself with. My hunger is determined by what I feed myself with. So if we want to have a renewed mind and we want to develop a hunger to have that renewed mind, what do we have to do? Two things. Good luck selling your house, guys, or that house. You have to do two things. Number one, meditate on the word. And number two, act on the word. If you want to have the mind of Christ, a renewed mind, you meditate on the word and you act on the word. God offers us the ability to have his thoughts. But if we don't renew our mind to a place where we take captive the God kind of thoughts, we will not have the thoughts of Christ. You have to meditate on the word and you have to take ownership of what that word says. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and that is true, but if you look at the actual text, faith doesn't come by hearing. Faith comes by the revealed word of God. So you can go plug in your phone and listen to the Bible app all day long and it will not increase your faith to the level that you want it to go to. If it did, every pastor, every Christian in America would have the faith to move mountains like you've never seen. It's not just hearing the word, it's what you do with the word that you hear. It is the revelation that God gives to you as you are reading the word. And if you're not reading the word, how in the world do you get the revelation of who God is? 
can, I, can I give you an example? You're going to have to follow close. Susan, come up here. I, I want to I wanna, I wanna bother you for a minute. I, I need, is that okay? Okay, you can just stand right here. Um, or, or I don't really care. Pick one. Doesn't really matter. You can face them. Look, look, you can smile or not. Um, Susan, I have $500 on this podium. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I really have it? Do you believe it? Yeah, it's right there. There's $500 right here. Did you know this $500 has been sitting here the whole service? Yeah. Why not? Why didn't you know that? Because you didn't have knowledge of it. If you would have had knowledge that this $500 was here, you would know $500 is there. How did you know that $500 came to be here? You told me. I told you. You saw it. I need you guys to listen to me closely whenever I say this. Stay up here, please. <laughs> Your faith increased because of something that was revealed to you. You lacked knowledge, and because you lacked knowledge, you didn't know what was available to you. When you have the knowledge of the word of God, you discover what is available to you. So meditating on the word shows you what's available to you. But is the $500 in her hands? Why not? She knows it's there. She's had the revelation of it. She understands it's there. Why isn't it in her hands? She has not taken the action to put it in her hands. The word of God is available to you. When you meditate on the word, you get the knowledge of what the word of God has to offer you. But unless you take action on the word of God, it will not benefit you to a place to renew your mind the way it's supposed to. If I asked you to come up here and I didn't make you aware that I had $500, but I told you you could get $500, how would you go and get that? You would know. You would, you, you, if you're not aware of what is available to you, you cannot have the faith to make it your own. Your, your faith increases by the revelation, but it's not until it's revealed to you that you can find out that you actually can possess it. Everyone watch Susan's face. Susan, I have $500 here. You can have it if you want it. She doesn't need help. She doesn't need help. Susan, I have $500 here. You can have it if you want it. Thank you. Susan, I have $500 here. You can have it if you want it. Actions. Actions. If you don't act on it, it will never come to you. You can see it. You can believe it. You can think about it. You can watch somebody else. But if you don't act on it, you never get it. 
The word of God revealed to you must have an action that follows what is revealed to you. I said, I've got $500. The word of God says that you are healthy, you are whole, you have the blessing of God. Do you have them? By faith, I've got them, but in actuality, I don't have them yet. I've got to take them. I've got to say, no, I am healed. I am taking. I am taking this and making it my own. I'm taking what the word of God says and making it my own. And whenever I do that, my mind has been renewed because now I'm putting myself under what Jesus said I can have, not my limited way of thinking. God's thoughts are higher. God's ways are higher. So in order to have all that God has, I gotta have faith in the meditation of the word and then I gotta take what God says I can take and walk in it. That is what the renewed mind does. Go sit down. Thank you very much. No, it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. The word tells you you are blessed. You have been blessed from the moment you've been born. The word tells you that you are healed. You have been healed from the moment you've been born. The word tells you that you walk in favor. I told you a few weeks ago, Adrienne, I, I was telling her about it, and she was like, I do. I stand in front of the mirror and say, God, I'm gonna be in favor with you when I walk into this store today. I've got God's favor when I walk. And sure enough, she gets deals. And at least she tells me she gets deals. But she, she gets these deals. She has, she has this mindset, and it's this, it's this mindset of saying, God, everywhere I go, you've already taken for me. You've already provided for me. You've already given me everything that I could ever possibly ask, think, want, or imagine, but I just need to have the revelation to take it and make it my own. Faith on the inside of you renews your mind to a place where you take what the word of God has for you. Knowing what is available makes you hungry, but it's not until you eat that you are satisfied. There is action to the hunger. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.